1: You are now listening to Uncut Sports Talk Featuring your host, Rhino, Brian Kasher I've known for a long time That you have no clue about baseball And you literally go into a little room That's set up Moneyball style You got four-eyed Bill in there Reading off algorithms About players' talents, successes Whatever you guys punch into those things You know, skills But for Christ's sake can you move away from the computer one time and let me enlighten you on something we won 100 fucking games in the regular season last year 100 we got our tits absolutely blown off in the postseason and let me enlighten you on something else Judge Plain and your co-host The
0: NFL is a joke um the players i feel bad for the players honestly like there's a lot of guys that probably uh you know there's a lot of guys on that new orleans team that you know are are the 53rd man on that roster and that extra $75,000 that they would have gotten for going to the super bowl um you know in terms of the playoff checks is probably a huge deal to them i feel really bad for those guys um i don't really give a shit about the, the the top guys as much obviously but i mean like lives are changed careers are changed Um, you know, even the coaches too. same thing. Like there's a lot of those ancillary coaches that if they get their, you know, their, their offensive line to the Super Bowl, maybe they're up for a, you know, a, a, an offensive coordinator job somewhere or, you know, something like that. It's, it's, it's just a, a a snowball that starts at the top of the mountain and just completely continues gathering momentum, gathering growth until it, it hits the bottom guys. And unfortunately, those are the guys that suffer
1: what's going on everybody this is uncut sports talk featuring rhino and friends this is your host rhino i got co-host pausing me what's going on tonight dude
0: not much my man not much at all
1: am i i'm not skipping i hope no you sound good so far all right good all right uh i'm gonna do excuse me, going to do a little college basketball review as we always do from the weekend game. Sweet. Wasn't as good as it's been in the past couple of weeks for us, uh, Break down four or five ranked versus ranked and uh, you know, some other, you know, Duke stuff, but neither here nor there. We'll rip through some of these that have importance. There's a couple ones that some ranked teams that are eh, bubble watch, I guess you would say, or, you know, we also will also touch on a little bit, kicking themselves out or, Putting themselves in a better position, so we'll go over a couple of those also. Um, then we'll get just really just top stories around. Uh, we put off the Antonio Brown thing for at least three weeks now. If we get to, we do. If we don't, we don't. Uh, Jason Witt leaving the booth and any really any other you know uh, topics from around six five seven three three one six nine two as you get a hold of us on the live radio show. Uh, you know, take us wherever you want. If you have uh, something, opinion, question, thoughts, whatever. Call in. Talk to us. We'll go that way. So, without any further ado, uh, Thursday night, we were on first one, Gonzaga beats Pacifica by 20. Uh, I'm just going to skip that one. Doesn't really do much for anybody. Uh, Michigan beats Nebraska by 30. Probably skip that one, too. Wolford beats Chattanooga by almost 30. And so, do you have anything of those three? I mean, those are pretty three irre- irrelevant games.
0: Nope, nothing. Okay.
1: All right. So, the one uh, – and then, I mean, the one that is uh, just ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> Washington finally gets in the top 25. Oh, my God. <clears throat> Excuse me. Can't clear my throat. Uh, Washington finally gets in the top 25 uh, since – for the first time since the beginning of the year. They were up there early. Um I mean, playing decent basketball. The Pac-12 is pretty terrible, but um, finally get back in the top 25 this week, or, or I should say, last week, and to say thank you for getting put in the top 25, they lose by three to a California team that is six and 22, actually five and 22, and 0 for 14 in the Pac-12. They get their first Pac-12 victory. They get their sixth victory of the year. It ends a 23-game 20 skid, 23 straight games lost in the Pac-12 for Cal. Um, ridiculously embarrassing. This conference is absolutely terrible. Um, I know people uh, – this is bad as bad as the American conference, the likes of Cincinnati, Houston – they're both terrible. Um, these two teams or this conference, the Pac-12, is absolutely terrible. Um <clears throat> uh let's see. I mean, really, this is a one to three. Let's see, that extends it to four. The biggest lead was Washington by not, by with Cal by six with three fifty-one in the first half. Cal made it eight, three fourteen. Um, and then let's see, Washington state gets it all the way back to one at half and get the lead with 1836 in the second half. Cal takes it back with 17 and a half. They extend it with 1652. Washington retakes the lead 1534. They're battling back and forth, but then one, no more than three. Goes to four with 9.52 in Cal's favor. Goes to seven with nine left to play in Cal's favor. Washington gets it back to a tie game at 4.36 left. Cal takes the lead back a minute later. Washington ties it up again at 2.18, essentially a minute and change later. Cal hits a free throw, 1.54 left to go up one. Call it's two more three, three free throws to go up by six or by three with twenty three left Washington can never do anything in the final, let's say they don't score for the final three minutes, they don't score for the final three twenty six so uh that's just an embarrassing loss. no excuse conference sucks uh that's pretty much all I got, Bye.
0: yeah, we were having this debate the other night. um, I think the pac twelve is a one bid league, no matter what, uh, they are, the PAC 12 is on the scale of the American conference is far superior to the PAC 12. I don't, I don't care who's, who wants to call in and argue it. I don't care if you want to argue it, Houston and Cincinnati would blow any team off the, off the court in the PAC 12. And that, I don't think it would even be close. I really don't. Um, this game actually propelled Cal to a, uh, a nice little win streak. They, uh, they swept the Washington teams, uh, I think they won last night or two nights ago. They beat uh, Washington State. So, congrats, Cal. You got your sixth and seventh wins of the season. Um, Yeah, I mean, look, if you're losing to a team like Cal, you have zero argument to make that you should be in the NCAA field unless you win your conference. Um, And, yeah, the Pac-12 deserves one bid. That's it. Um, There are – I can name – Look, I think the Big East is far superior to the Pac-12. I think the – I'm just going to pull up the names of conferences right now and tell you which conferences are just far superior to the to the Big 12 uh, – I mean, to the uh, Pac-12. The American is far superior. The A-10 is a better conference. The ACC, the Big 10, the Big 12, the Big East, the SEC um, – I would argue that the. I would argue that the what conference does uh, Nevada play in? Even though that conference is dog shit anyway, but what conference do they play in? Utah State and they're Nevada in are better the Mountain teams West. than Wa- <laughs> Yeah, that um, Nevada and Utah State are both far superior teams to Washington and Arizona State and whoever else is in the top of the the Pac-12. So they're about eleventh or twelfth in terms of. Uh, or whatever I mean, ninth or tenth in terms of power conferences, let's call it, uh, which makes you a one-bid league. I'm sorry. You're a one-bid league. um, And whoever wins this conference tournament, if it's not Washington, Washington does not deserve a spot in the field. And that's all there is to it. All
1: right, fair enough. Conference is pretty bad. I don't think they would blow Houston off – or Houston blow them off the court, but the conference is bad. I would agree with you there. Um Friday, Buffalo, Miami of Ohio. I mean, I just, look, they beat another team that's 14 and 14, or 15 and 14 by eight. Um, I mean, I have nothing anymore for this team. This is another game you got to win by 25, and you just don't. And that's Buffalo season in a nutshell. And we'll probably be saying the exact same thing on the first week of the NCAA tournament. Oh, this is a team that you got to beat by 15, and you just don't and then they'll be out instead. Uh, Pause, anything on that one?
0: Nah, I unfortunately didn't get to see any of it uh, on Friday. But, yeah, I mean, just looking at the box score, I mean, this was a a nip and tuck game pretty much the entire way. So uh, I understand it's a way. I I get it. But um, if you want to be considered a top, I don't know, whatever team they want to be talked about, um, you can't be playing nip and tuck basketball with Miami of Ohio and expect to really do much damage in the, in the NCAA tournament. So,
1: all right, on this Saturday, <clears throat> Gonzaga St. Mary's, um, look, uh, this, this conference is awful too. Uh, we St. Mary's 35, I mean, I don't know, whatever, so the second best team in your entire conference is ranked 35. I mean, and uh, you're in a uh, basically a three point game with them till 12 minutes left to go. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this Gonzaga team. Like, I I, I want to be like, okay, um, <clears throat> they're very talented. The big man's not going to matter much, but at the same time, they just they just don't play anybody. Like, uh, what am I supposed to say about them knocking off a you know, a team that's in their conference, that's 35 in the nation, if not if not lower, um, <clears throat> and being in a three-point game with them to 11 left. I mean, there's nobody, there's not a soul in the, like, who's the next team, um, let's say, the next team is like in the 70s, I mean... So you you have to all season you uh, so you beat Duke which you wouldn't if it was now you <clears throat> get smoked by North Carolina and I forgot you lost to another team you played three ranked teams you're one and two against them the two other teams that you have competition against are 35 and 70 uh, 76 in America I mean congratulations I, I don't know I don't know what I'm gonna do with this team I don't know if I mean. <clears throat> Looking talent-wise, they probably have the second or third most talented team in the nation, but um, I, I don't know. Every year it's the same thing. I say it every year. Gonzaga plays nobody. They get in there fresh. You hope they – I don't know. I, I don't know what to do with this team. I, I don't know. I, I just, It's the same thing every week with them. But anyway, so they uh, they, they extended to 11 by the 10-minute mark in the second half, and they don't really look back after that. It got as high as almost 20 and that was basically it. Um and they end up winning by fourteen. <clears throat> but I don't know. Uh pause. Hey, what do you got up for this one?
0: Yeah, I mean it's the same thing. Like I, I don't I don't know how to feel about them yet either. Um I think that they like you said, I think they are a very talented team and I think they're going to win a few games. I just don't know on that second weekend. You know, I think it's really all just going to depend on, for me, on who they get matched up with that second weekend in the the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight to to decide where I'm gonna what I'm gonna do with them and you know where I'm gonna end up uh, having them out. So uh, I, they're definitely getting through the first weekend. I think I don't think I think they're just too talented not to, and they're too well coached. Mark Few is one of the top coaches in the country, so I, I'm not scared of them losing in the first in the first weekend. It's really just a matter of the matchup that comes down the, the lane for them uh, week number two.
1: You actually really think Mark Fusel is one of the top NCAA coaches in the country? I do. Yeah. Hmm. Why?
0: Um, I, I just think that he's over the years, he's done a lot with a, not as, much talent. I feel like now he's getting getting more talent there. Obviously, since he's put the the program on the map. But I thought for a mm. long time he did a lot with with a little. So I just always kind of gave him an extra, you know, moved him up a couple of notches just for that for that
1: reason. Yeah. Right. Hmm. I mean, it's pretty easy when you don't gotta play anybody, but.
0: Right, but the hey, nineteen years getting, he's, he's you
1: know, nineteen years he's twenty eight and twenty. <clears throat> I mean, it's okay, I guess. Hmm.
0: Right, but he's he, you have to remember he's coaching at Gonzaga. He's not coaching at you know Duke. He's not coaching at which yes, now Gonzaga is the premier West Coast uh, program. I, I get it, mm-hmm. but ten years ago Gonzaga wasn't the premier West Coast program. You know.
1: Yeah, that's true. All right. Um <clears throat> You're right over there? Can the you gonna make it through? Yeah, I don't know what's going on with my voice, dude. I really don't know what's happening. Um all right, Pittsburgh, Virginia. Um right, look, there the next two, there's really not much to say about uh Pittsburgh is a bottom dweller in the league, as is Miami. Uh, Virginia goes in there as one of the, the, you know, top teams in America, takes care of business, puts up 73, puts the brakes on the second half and uh, go walk away with almost a 30 point win. And same thing for Duke. Um, No Zion. I'm cool with it. Hope he sits out for the next two and hope he sits out the entire ECC tournament comes back March madness uh, at a hundred and, 50% at that point in time, he should be more than healthy and we'll rock and roll from there. I don't even need him in the first, the first uh, week or weekend. We will easily get by the first two, the first uh, weekend without, without him also. So let him rest up as long as he wants. Uh, We take care of business against, or Duke takes care of business against Miami, same fashion as Virginia. Look at, you know, Miami bottom dweller, Pittsburgh bottom dweller, both Virginia and Duke do what they need to do to to, uh, move on to next, this week. Uh, pause anything on those two. <clears throat> nah, no reason to waste time. All right, um, Kentucky, Tennessee. So, both pause and I said Saturday. I know we had some technical difficulty technical difficulties with the show. We got it back up. Um, I listened to it today. The sound quality is not great on my my end, just because the talking on the phone. Uh, so I do apologize for that. Uh, anyway, what I was trying to get at is. Both uh, Paz and I had mentioned how big the injury to Reed was for Kentucky. Uh, In my personal opinion, I think that Williams is one of the top five players in the NCAA. I still don't understand why Barnes doesn't try to use him more than he should. He literally goes, just makes him non-existent for a certain amount of time. The guy is so efficient. Uh, hits his free throws when he's fouled, and he just he literally lets Williams go minutes without ever designing a play or giving uh, the ball into him or whatever. Like, if you watch Duke and Zion, Zion touches the ball every single possession, whether he's dishing the barrel, whether he's going to take the lane, dish it to a three-point shooter, he touches the ball every time down the court. Grant Williams needs to do the same. It's something I mentioned why they lost to Kentucky last time. Uh, Reed covered... Uh, Williams that entire game shut him down but he was still ultra efficient he was like eight for ten and I forget what it is now but he was like eight for ten and had a decent day but they just don't give him the basketball for stretches of six eight minutes Uh, this time they feed Williams like a truck whether that's with Reed being out or 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 not is his name Reed dude or wait wait
0: his name is Reed Travis so it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's okay. Okay.
1: I, I, yeah, right. I thought I was talking about the LSU guy for a second. Okay. Yeah. So, so Reed Travis, the, so they, I don't know if they feed him the ball because Reed Travis is out, or they feed him the ball because Barnes finally realizes, like, let this kid touch the ball every single possession like he should as the top five player in the NCAA this year. Uh, and they do, and he goes to work, and he's ultra efficient again. Um, this game was basically, and this is why I hate the home and home splits. Exactly what Louisville did to UNC on their home court, UNC does to Louisville on their home court. Exactly what Kentucky does to Tennessee, Tennessee did to Kentucky. It's like you can't learn anything from these games at all. I was continuing to learn about how I thought Tennessee was a bad basketball team based on what they do against really bad basketball teams, and. Uh, I know who Kentucky is. Kentucky shows up for the big game, shows up for the conference tournament, shows up for March Madness, does not show up in the regular season, only when they feel like uh, they feel and choose them. So, again, this is another thing to me where I learn absolutely nothing because the game is over 10 minutes in, maybe even less. It was like eight minutes in the game's over. Kentucky was never in this game. Tennessee blows them out, and this is exactly the exact exchange from the home and home, and that's why home and home conference splits, especially in a conference like this where there's two teams that are that are supposed to be good. If you want to throw in LSU, be my guest. I guess not for me. If you want to throw in uh, who else is? People are talking about Auburn. Stop it. Go enjoy that Mississippi State. Stop. Like Florida. Oh, my God, stop. So, like, here, here's your opportunity to learn more about another team, but it happens at a home-and-home split, and now you, you again, go into the March Madness bracket, fill out, what, scratch your head, who is uh, Tennessee. Uh, I know about Kentucky. I know what I'm going to get at Kentucky. I have no clue about this Tennessee team, and this just um, boggles my mind even more than they already have me boggled. Pause.
0: Yeah, I, I think the, the loss of Travis was – uh was very big in this game. Uh we, we both said it in the um you know in the in the show on Saturday. Um I just think that like you said it's kinda of hard to take away from much from this but I, I think the I think the Kentucky we saw against Tennessee the first time is more like the real Kentucky than what we saw on Saturday.
1: Um I'd agree with I you. Mean, very good point. On, Very good point.
0: I think we, at least I was on Tennessee, or, you know, I I didn't know if they would cover, but I I thought that taking the money line would be the the right play there. I thought they would win. I didn't think it would be a 20-point blowout, but I still believe the Kentucky we saw, I don't know, what was it, three weeks ago is the Kentucky that we're going to see in the tournament. And if they were to play again, which they may in the in the finals of the SEC on a neutral court, I would, I would take Kentucky in a heartbeat, assuming that uh, Travis is back. Um, but yeah, Kentucky just didn't look good. They, they didn't shoot well. They turned the ball over a bunch. It was just a, it was just a bad game. Um, and like you said, a, a, you know, the home and homes kind of go that way sometimes. And, and that's what, uh that's what we had here.
1: All right, um, next, North Carolina Clemson, 657 Get a hold of us on, our, on the live radio show. North Carolina Clemson, listen, I've been saying for several weeks now, I think this Clemson team is very underrated and undervalued. I think they're one of the better teams in the country. The It's the fact that the conference they're in um, – is leading a little bit of their struggle 17 and 12 looks like Leonardi, who doesn't know his face from his butthole has them as first four out. I would, if you are a betting man, I'm telling you right now, watch out for this team in the ACC tournament. Duke will pack it in. North Carolina is close. If they beat Duke a second time, they that will probably earn them a number one seed. That tournament won't matter. North Carolina will pack it in. <clears throat> Virginia Tech is not very good. NC State's not very good. Florida State, I don't think they can hang with Florida State. They don't have the guys underneath. But this team will be very dangerous and will be getting you a lot of points because they will be going with names and not – and names, I mean the likes of Duke, North Carolina, Virginia. They'll be going with names and not Clemson. And and if you don't think Virginia will pack it in too – when they have a number one seed and uh, completely locked up and Bennett's not going to do like two uh, whole week straight of sports psychology with those kids after last year, you're, you're fooling yourself too. So just, I'm telling you right now, look out for this team. They're about to earn themselves a, a way in. Now, with that being said, they dropped a, this game by two to North Carolina, North Carolina team. I don't think is very good. Duke would have blown them out if Zion Williamson played this game. They're in way, way too many close games against these bottom-dweller teams. If you go look at the likes of Duke and Virginia, they handled these teams by 20, 30, 40, every single time they play them. They did that to Clemson, both Virginia and Duke did. North Carolina's in a two-point game with this team. They're in a a short game with Notre Dame, a short game with uh, Pittsburgh, get blasted by Louisville. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, everyone wants to suck on this North Carolina team. They're not that good. Neither here nor there. 4 point at UNC lead at the half. Extended to six, first play out. Extended to eight, second play out. Clemson tries to uh, jump all the way back in it. They get it within six with 17 to play. Get it within four with 16.55 to play. Get it within two with 15 to play. Get it within one with 14.5 to play. Tie it up with 14 to play and take the lead with 14 to play goes back and forth with a tie game to a two-point lead to a four-point lead. Clemson has four-point lead with 11 left, six-point lead with 11 uh, changed left. North Carolina comes right back down, hits a jumper, it's four. So it's basically between two and six, one and 6 nine fifteen. So it's basically within one and six to the 739 mark. UNC flips the script with a Kobe white three, putting them up by four. Um, uh, jumper to five after a free throw Clemson gets it within three within five within two within four with and then Cameron Johnson it's a three that extends to seven and they really couldn't get within closer than five yeah they couldn't really get with closer than five the rest of the way until about the one minute mark when it became a uh a foul and free throw they hit two kobe foul kobe White hits one they hit a three foul kobe whitey misses it they hit two that gets it within one they're within one with 18 seconds to play foul williams hits both kobe white fouls the kid uh so they go they purposely unc started purposely fouling to not let them be able to hit a three uh clemson hits the two gets within one kenny williams makes one of two puts it to two uh, Mitchell, I'd, I have to. I'd have to go back and see. I didn't watch this one, but Mitchell ends up. Looks like he got. He gets the ball stolen from him by Kobe White, with five seconds of play, and a chance to tie the game up. So I don't know if that was off full court press or, because uh, he's the one that rebounded. So maybe he comes to the rebound. Kobe White snags it real quick. Uh, I would have to look, but um, basically they had. It looks like they had a shot potentially if they were able to make it down the court. Uh, pause on this one.
0: Yeah, so I I did watch the end of this. So there was a a very weird like he was driving to the basket and I forget who was in Good Guard. There was he basically got double teamed going to the basket and got fouled from behind but the refs didn't call it and it ended up going down as like a turnover and then North Carolina like threw the ball down the court and then one of the guys from Clemson was able to retrieve it, but then he got a, a three-quarter court shot to, um, you know, to try to win the game and, and obviously missed it. But uh, so, yeah, so that's, that's what happened. So they did have a chance to, to tie or win the game. Um, Yeah. I mean, look, I I don't have much to say here either. I am a little higher on this North Carolina team than you are. I just think that this is, you know, another, a tough away game and a, in a tough conference and they got through with the win. They, you know, winning on the road is, is is difficult no matter where you are. And uh, uh, yeah, I I think they just did what they had to do. That's all.
1: All right. Um, Michigan state, Indiana. Um, I'm not going to put much on the loss uh, for Michigan state. They lose by one uh, without Ward uh, they had a big win last week but uh, look they, they, to my opinion Ward's their best player so I'm not going to crush them for the loss what I will say is uh, something I mentioned last week or or over the weekend is is my thoughts on I think that a lot of these teams that are at the bottom of the Big Ten are much better than a, a lot of the teams that are cor- currently getting tournament um, consideration and like Likes of Indiana, who came out uh, like a bat out of hell to start the season, really kind of the wheels fell off a little bit, but the wheels fell off in the Big Ten, uh, not against others. They're 15 and 14, probably won't get in, but are better than a lot of the, the, in my opinion, better than Houston, better than Nevada, uh, better than Cincinnati, better than... You know, th- those type of teams, same thing with Clemson, like the, the you know, these two, t- UCF will get in from the American probably too. That's a joke. Indiana and Clemson would absolutely run you at UCF all, out of off the building, out of any building. Uh, TCU, Indiana and, and uh, Clemson would also dominate. So teams like that that are getting considerations in bad conferences Teams like this, Indiana Clemson, who are in great conferences and are having a tough time in their conference play, uh, are going to get left out, unfortunate. But this is a huge win for Indiana to try and, you know, continue to build that resume. If you want to say a gift from Ward, fine. They accepted the gift, wrapped it up, and sent it back to Michigan State, which is, look, this is what you want to do, or wrapped it up and sent it to the committee. Hey, take a look at us. This is the cards we were dealt. We took the cards we were dealt. We made it into a flush. So be it. Um, caught them at the right time builds their resume helps their resume. I'm not sure where Lenardi has them, um, but I would think at 15 and 14. Eastern, I think they're one of the better teams in the nation. Uh, also, will probably get left out, and it's going to be very tough for these type of teams. Like Clemson will get a uh, an easier ride than I than some of these teams that Big Ten will because I don't think anybody in the Big Ten has a secured number one seed or a secured spot, whereas I think Virginia Duke um, are lock number one seeds um, you know, and, and if North Carolina takes out Duke again uh, they would be a lock number one seed. So, those are teams that aren't moving anywhere in the conference tournament. Whereas like the likes of Michigan state are still trying to possibly play for a one, hold on to a two Michigan playing for a one, hold on to a two Purdue is, is I don't think they could get a one, but hold on for a two. Maybe if cards fall their way, Gonzaga drops a fluker, Um, you know, Duke loses to North Carolina again. Michigan and Michigan, they beat Michigan and Michigan State somehow along the way. Maybe they get it over them. But those type of teams are still fighting for something where the likes of Virginia, Duke, North Carolina aren't going to be fighting for much. So that gives Clemson a little bit of better shot in the conference tournament. Whereas, um, you know, Indiana isn't going to have a soft ride. Michigan, Michigan State, Michigan are playing. Purdue is playing. So, you know, the likes of Indiana, Northwestern, um, Penn State, really on the outside looking into to try and, you know, steal a seed or steal a bid. It's going to be really tough. Ohio State, that's another one. Uh, another team that's, you know, uh, pretty good at 18-11, but 8-10 in, in, the, in the conference play. So uh, going to be tough for these guys. But the, my, you know, my overall point is that you got, uh, you know, you got dealt these cards uh, with the ward injury, took them, turned them into a flush, and uh, here you go with the resume. Uh, build it. Here you go, committee. Take a look at us the you know next two weeks here. Pause. Yeah, Indiana actually beat Michigan State
0: in February as well. Um, so they have two wins over Michigan State. Look, Indiana has Indiana has one of the best resumes in terms of wins in the entire nation of any team in the nation. They have a win in at Marquette. No, sorry, home to Marquette. A win two wins against Michigan state and a win against Wisconsin. Those four wins dwarf anything that any dwarf anything that, uh, you know, like if, if Indiana was in the PAC 12, they would easily win the PAC 12. I, I don't think it's really, you know, much of a question, but like, you can go down the list and those four wins are better than any wins that I would say about, five or six teams at least in the top 25 have and that includes houston um nevada um who else i mean gonzaga you take away their you take away their duke win and they have nothing um you know uh, look it's just kind of unfortunate that they lost 12 of 13 in the middle of the season if they even went in those 13 games, if they even went five and eight and they had four more wins right now, they'd be 19 and 10. And we'd be like, all right, well, they went through a rough patch. Now they're, you know, they have two back-to-back really nice wins against Wisconsin and Michigan state. You know, they're probably, they win another couple, they beat Illinois, beat Rutgers, then the season, then they win a game or two in the tournament. They have, you know, 24 wins or 23 wins. Yeah. They're in the tournament, you know? So It's just tough. I'm going to say that I don't think they end up getting in, but their resume, you can put their resume. If you put their a blind resume test up against, you know, a couple of different teams that are squarely in the tournament and you show the two resumes, I guarantee you they'll get picked. If you have 10 people on a panel and you put three teams blind resume up, I I bet you they get picked at least four or five times, um, you know, over those other two teams. So, it's just kind of unfortunate the the really bad win streak that they – or losing streak that they went to. Oh, they also beat Louisville when Louisville was good. So that's five wins, um, you know, that are better than probably half the top 25 have. Uh, so uh, I don't know. Uh, look, I don't think Michigan State, like you said, is, is playing – or is as good as they will be when they get Ward back or as good as they were when he was still playing. Um, so we just have to hope that they do get him back um and that you can really see what they're what they're like as a as a full team.
1: All right. <clears throat> Next UCF Houston. Pretty pissed about this one because I just c- continue to want Houston to win because they're absolutely going to get knocked out in the first game they play in March Madness, and I just want to absolutely abuse that seed. Um, Houston is absolutely terrible. UCF is 22-6. and six. They're only one of six teams in the entire country in the NCAA that has six six losses or less that isn't ranked in the top 25. They stand next to the likes of VCU, Lipscomb, Belmont Furman Toledo Murray State um, embarrassing if uh, you think this conference is any good at all or anybody in this conference any good at all just n- write a side note there that they equal up to the likes of Lipscomb whoever you say it don't even don't care that that's all you need to know if you don't know how to say it, that's that's exactly tells you my point Belmont Furman Toledo Murray State this team sucks. This conference is terrible. Houston's going to get blasted the first game they play. I'm pissed that they lose this one because now they probably drop like literally two or three seeds and I'm going to get some like 5-12 nonsense or 7-10 crap when I could have got something awesome when they were projected as a two seed and I could have stole a uh, uh, 15 points in the first round. This Houston team is terrible. UCF is terrible. The American Conference is terrible. They'll go 0-3, all losing their first game when it comes up. Pause, to you.
0: Yeah, I don't have much to add. I mean, I'm not too high on Houston either. Um, I do think that they would wipe the floor with Washington or Arizona State, though. But, uh, yeah, I don't really have much else to say.
1: I almost froze on me again. Texas Tech, TCU. Let's uh, see. Um, Texas Tech has actually had, like, look, I don't think TCU is that great, but um, I don't think the conference is that great either, but neither here nor there. Uh, where's TCU defensively, just out of curiosity? 47? Hmm. It's all right, I guess. Um, against what offenses? I didn't uh, – Texas Tech's offense is actually getting going a lot. Uh, they play someone tonight. I'm not sure. who They play someone tonight and uh, maybe, you know, gives a a little bit more of a test, but listen, Culver's a beast. um, Doesn't lead the way here, which is surprising. And the last two games, their offense has actually turned it around a little bit Um, actually last three games. So we'd be interested to see what they kind of offer going forward. They have a, uh, they have a pretty good defense, although I don't think there's much to defend in the big 12 conference, but um, I, I'm still not high in them. I, I just uh, I listen. I want a better offensive team when it comes March Madness. But I would say this is a pretty big win on the road by you know 15. Won it pretty handily. This game wasn't really all that close. It wasn't. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I mean they're they're up by 11 and 12, and yeah, I mean they they got a 12 point lead from like the. Whew, from basically the 16-minute mark to the rest of the game. So this game's not all that close. Nice win on the road for them. Another good offensive performance for them. Um, I guess they're on my radar, but I uh, will say, we'll see. I need to see a little bit more of them, and I need to see them against a team that's not in the Big 12 that I think not all that great. Paz?
0: Yeah, they, uh, they play Texas tonight, so a little in-state rivalry game there um yeah i think the question mark with them was from the beginning was with their offense and i know they haven't played the premier of the big 12 uh recently might subtract i guess out kansas who they dropped what 91 on i think um so yeah tcu is not a super great offensive team but they their last Yeah, their last seven games, they've scored 81, 84, 91, 86, 78, 66, and then 81. I mean, that's that's pretty good for for a team that you know was consistently in the 60s earlier in the year, um, and you know sometimes even in the in the 50s and 40s. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean that was their one question mark this season was would they be able to score? And again, I know they did it against you know the likes of West Virginia, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor, TCU. So, you know, not exactly the top of the of the conference and not exactly the top of the nation, but I mean, still a team that we didn't know if they would be able to even score that against middle of the road teams or, you know, far inferior teams. Now is doing it against, you know, at least formidable competition. So, yeah, I think they have to be kind of considered again as, as a, you know, a team that could make a, a little bit of a run. I still don't know exactly what to do with them. I mean, I'm I'm going to watch the, the Big 12 Conference tournament closely, the last few games very closely. Um, I'll have them both on. I'll have the Kansas State game and the Texas Tech game both on tonight, um, you know, one on the iPad, one on the TV, and uh, have a close eye on them. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, look, they've are they been very impressive. They're, they've been one of the more impressive teams over the last couple of weeks, so there's no denying that. And if they can continue scoring like that, I mean, you definitely have to consider them to make a little bit of a run in the tournament. All
1: right, uh, next one, Nevada, Utah State. Um, I, I meant to say it on a Saturday show, and I text pause well before this game started and said, Oh, yeah, there's no way Utah, Nevada wins tonight. Another one, this, this bothers me, like Houston. I really want Nevada to get a lower seed so I could rape them on the opposite end. Um, look, they get beat by Utah State by five, who is not good. Um, and, look, this team's just not that great. They don't play anybody all year. Um, I mean, there's, like, there's four teams in their conference that are uh, bottom three uh, bottom 24 in the entire NCAA. Like it's just embarrassing. And uh, a little tidbit to this one is, uh, I haven't seen anything on it. It's weird that it's not getting any buzz at all. After the game, Caroline, who in my opinion is their best player, but gets, uh, overshadowed by the, uh, the two twin brothers over there, uh, Martin brothers, He apparently the Utah state coach calls him the n word, and uh, as he's coming down the tunnel, there's fans throwing stuff at him. He uh shatters a a trophy case and a fire extinguisher glass to the front of each of them, uh, punches one with the right, and then comes a little bit farther down the hallway, punches the other one with the left. Uh, I don't know if he's got cuts, stitches, if he's injured, if he got out on skis, I haven't heard anything about suspensions. I haven't heard anything about reviews. So I don't know what's going on there. I, I, again, like it's really something that's getting no buzz. I like accidentally came across it on Twitter, uh, on Sunday morning. So I don't really, know, I don't know what's going on there. You would think that something that would have to come from that, but I haven't seen anything. So, uh, just interesting, but uh, this one just bothers me like the Houston one. These are teams that I want to continue to win uh, against these scrubs so that, you know, they end up getting put in higher seeds by the committee, and then I could abuse them on the opposite end. But uh, this one doesn't go in my favor. And Nevada, even more than Houston, will drop a lot farther down in seeding. than I saw they were up to a two. Uh, I'll let Paz go and just look and see where the updated stuff has has Nevada and Houston now, who are both two two seeds going into the weekend. Us? Yeah, they
0: have to be – they have to both be at the very best five seeds, and I don't think anyone can really question that that's too low because I think that's still too high. But, um, yeah, Nevada is not very good. They, like you, I really wish they kept winning. I would have loved to have, you know, had them – Lose it to a, you know, a 14 seed in that first game. I could have absolutely seen that happen as, you know, if they were a three seed, whatever. Uh, but, yeah, kind of just thinks they're going to move down the list now and, and uh, not get as many points to see them lose. But they're still going to lose the first weekend, uh, no question about it. And I
1: actually – Nevada the... Nevada went two to five. Uh, so, they're in a 5-12 right now. And Houston went two to three. Go ahead.
0: He's only fell to a three seed. That's, that's kind of crazy. But.
1: Yeah. Yes. He has him as a better three seed against a three seed against Yale. And he also moved Virginia to the East as the number one overall seed, how you could possibly be the overall number one seed over Duke when they beat you twice. You know, that's, that's typical Joe, Joe and I mean, you, you can't tell me that this team is better than Duke and takes over the East region when they got beat by them twice. just doesn't make any sense, but God, uh,
0: uh, I actually did see a thing today that the NCAA is investigating that altercation and you know post game uh, issue or whatever happened post game event let's call it that with yeah. the uh, with the Nevada team. But yeah, apparently there was there was some racial epithets and some FUs and and things like that from I believe well at least in the video it says the uh, I forget what the name of the Nevada's head coaches, is it muscle? Eric Musselman, I think, is their head coach? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, in the in the video that's, you know, on social media and whatever, he says, I've never had someone, a coach on another team or a player on the other team go down the line and say, F you to every single one of my players or something like that. So I don't know if it was racial or just, you know, the F word and screw you and whatever. Um, but, yeah, I don't know why someone would do that from – the team that that won but look i mean that's probably what happened because i i don't see a player reacting like he did for losing or just for you know something small happening i feel like something something kind of uh you know something bigger must have happened there in order to get a reaction like that out of caroline but uh I'm sure we'll we'll find out more as this investigation goes on. I, I don't expect anything to happen. But like you, I don't know if Caroline needs stitches, if he has any cuts on his hands. I, I don't know anything about that. I haven't seen anything. In the video, you see him being held back after he had punched both both windows. So it didn't look like there was any blood on his hands. So I can only suspect that he doesn't have any cuts. But again, like you'll have to wait and see what happens and you know if he comes out on an injury report or you know doesn't play next game or whatever whatever happens but uh yeah as of right now no suspensions no injury news but uh we'll find out more
1: all right that brings us to LSU Bama uh LSU comes out of the gates firing hot I mean basically like they always do Uh, get a lead up to 11, about midway through the first half. They uh, keep it, and then it quickly gets cut uh, by the five-minute mark. Alabama has it within two. Uh, They take the lead with 317 left on a three in the first half. Uh, LSU extends it slightly to three, but Bama is able to hit a late two gets it within uh, one for halftime. So LSU's up one at halftime. And, you know, as LSU likes to do, plays in another close game the entire second half, Uh, get a lead to six out of the gates, get a lead to nine out of the gates. And then uh, they let Bama cut into it. Four straight possessions by Bama, all in their favor, ties it back up with 14 to play. LSU extends it to three. Uh, Bama gets it back to two, LSU to four, Bama to one. Uh, Bama takes the lead with 12.43 left, extends the lead to three with 12 left, extends the lead to six with 11 left. Um, Basic holds on to the lead from the 12-minute mark all the way down to the... 638 mark. So that's basically what's that? A little less than it's about seven minutes they hold the lead for. And um, LSU goes back into the uh, or LSU gets goes into the lead by one. Bama gets it back quickly on a three. Reed cuts it to one with 546 to play. And then smart hits a jumper right after that to give LSU the lead by one uh Alabama comes back down and they do a three exchange petty for three then days for three keep gets LSU back on top days hits another layup puts him up by three uh Mays hits a, a layup puts him up by five and Bama tries to cut into it back-to-back layups has them within one with 139 to play Mays comes back another layup puts him up by three Mays hits a dunk puts him up by five and uh, two free throws puts them up by seven, and that kind of turned out the lights. So, uh, look, another close game for LSU. They try to extend late, go into a pretty good defensive attack. Let's see, Bama doesn't score here from five thirteen. Yeah, so Bama goes. They held Bama with uh, three minutes and forty one seconds without a point. So, um, you know that that led them to be able to extend the, to the five, and then the seven, and the nine. So. Uh, but another close one, and you know it'll be interesting. Um, uh, I understand at Bama, but uh, look, uh, Bama, the this conference to me isn't like the likes of the Big Ten and the Clemson, where a uh, 17 and 12 Bama team, Clemson would smoke Alabama. Uh, Northwestern would smoke Alabama, Ohio State would smoke Alabama, Indiana would smoke Alabama. So uh, doing this on the road against a 17 and 12 team, uh, it's not the football stadium either. Let's be honest, Uh, isn't all that impressive to me as a uh, you know a team in the Big Ten, Big uh, Big Ten, ACC uh, doing that. Pause on this one.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it just comes back to the whole thing with. LSU playing close games, never putting opponents away. I was actually on the Alabama side in this game uh, for our our show, and I thought they played really well, but they're just – look, they're just not good enough. That's what it comes down to. I don't think that they should be in the tournament either. Um, uh, Yeah, I I, I don't know. I mean, I I just – I really thought they would give a better account of themselves here. It's yeah, it, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not a big fan of this LSU team either. So we'll we'll see what ends up happening. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I don't think Alabama should be in the tournament uh, during the. I forget it was during the broadcast of this game or the the Kentucky game. The announcers were talking about the SEC possibly getting nine teams into the tournament. I, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. I think they I think they have five definites and then the other four are on the bubble at best. And I, you know, I would probably lean more towards the no with Florida, no with South Carolina for sure, no with Alabama for sure. And then I guess so, Ole Miss would be my one, my one question mark in terms of uh, should they get into the tournament. But yeah, I, I think they're a five bid league. At the very ma- uh, at the very most, maybe six, but I think it's it's more like five. Because um, yeah, Ole Miss just isn't very good, and either is Florida. So,
1: I mean, if they get that many teams in the tournament, that would just be a travesty. The committee never surprises me. I'd say that, but uh, I guess better for us in picking the brackets if they do get that many in. But but a, that would be a complete joke. Uh, Purdue, Ohio state, not much to say on this one. Um, look, Purdue is capable of doing this to like, I'm not saying Ohio state's great. I do think they would win a clip of one or two in the tournament, probably based on their matchup. Uh, but I mean, they come out of the gates like, uh, guns of blazing Purdue does, and they're capable of doing this and capable of doing this to very good teams and uh, just haven't seen it, uh, lately. Um, and Paz and I mentioned last week that, you know, maybe Edwards is a hurt. Maybe he's fatigued. Um, he has to carry a load much larger than many of these other guys, the likes of Howard, the likes of Zion, um, the likes of Morant. These guys are top five uh, players. Williams, they all have counterparts or, you know, very nice second pieces. I just don't think Purdue has that very good second piece. So maybe he's a little fatigued, maybe he's a little banged up. Maybe it's a combination of both. Uh but he pours in 25 here, two rebounds, two assists, and Purdue just blows blows this team uh by 35. I mean that that's that's an impressive victory. Hangs 86 on them and uh you know rock and roll for those guys. Pause.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I don't really have much to add. I didn't watch any of this, but seeing the box score, it didn't – or seeing the game, you know, on the bottom line and stuff, there was no reason for me to flip it on because they were basically winning by 20 to 25 to 30 the entire game. So, yeah, good for Edwards. He had a nice, efficient game. It looks like he sort of bounced back the last few games from that little rut that he had where he was shooting like, I don't know, 25% from the field. So, good for him. But, uh, yeah, they need him to be healthy, locked, and loaded to to make a deep run in the tournament, but they absolutely uh, they absolutely can. There's no question about that.
1: six five, seven, three, three, one, six, nine, two get a hold of us, your opinions, thoughts, anything else. Kansas, Oklahoma State, Kansas gets lucky again. What else is no? Glad they won this one, though. This is my, uh, you know, Houston, Nevada-type team. This team stinks. They're down two starters. Uh, they have another guy. Uh, what's his name? Self has to go, uh, got subpoenaed. He has to go shortly. or actually in the middle of the tournament. So maybe they lose another guy. And Sosa's ineligible also. Uh, maybe they lose Self, lose another guy. Who knows? But uh, they barely beat a awful, I mean, this Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State team is awful by five. Um, pause. Anything on this
0: one? <clears throat> nope, nothing. Didn't watch a minute of it. Uh, actually, I did. I watched the last two minutes or so of it when it was a close game yeah, coming down the end. Uh, yes. Yeah, uh, Yeah. no, nothing really to say about it.
1: Okay. Uh, Baylor, Kansas State. I didn't watch this one. I know you did. Uh, I will let you talk about it because uh, I just don't have much to offer here.
0: Yeah, uh, so Kansas State was down a little bit in the first half. They didn't – they came out – it looked like they were a little sluggish coming out of the gate. Um, They didn't play their best basketball, but then really turned it on in the second half. I know the final score is six, but it was was higher than that. It was in the, you know, like 10 to 12-point range basically the entire last 15 minutes or so of the game. It's just, you know, towards the end they – missed a couple of free throws, gave up a three, you know, missed one of two, gave up another three. So, uh, you know, the six point box score doesn't really do it justice as to what, uh, you know, how the game really went. And look, it's just a win that they needed to get, get back on track after the, the really poor offensive performance they had in uh, against Kansas in, uh, uh, you know, in, uh, at Allen, Fog Allen Fieldhouse. And uh, yeah, so look, they're still atop the Big 12. They're still right on track with their goal. They got two games left. The game tonight at TCU will be a little interesting. Uh, TCU looking to bounce back from their awful game, and they've been playing really poorly recently. And if they want to get into the tournament, this is a game they desperately need to win. But I think Kansas State also wants to desperately win this game, and of course, you know, win the regular season Pac 12, knock off their or, sorry Big 12 knock off their, their heated rivals in Kansas off the perch of, you know, 14 years in a row. Uh, so I think Kansas State will get it done tonight. I think they're one-point favorites right now. So, uh, yeah, as the game will start in a few minutes, uh, if anyone's listening live and wants to put down a little wager, I think Kansas
1: State wins tonight. All right. Uh, next one, NC State, Florida State. Uh Kind of a weird game. I don't think NC State's all that great. Uh, I've been saying they're overrated all year. Uh, Florida State's good. There'll be a matchup problem against some, but not the greatest team. But uh, this told me a lot about Florida State and ta- actually taught me a lot about both teams in a negative way for NC State, a negative way or a positive way for Florida State. Uh, this was a game of substantial runs. Mm-hmm. And um, – and how can I explain this? Florida State kept getting punched in the mouth by NC State, but when it came down to the knockout blow, Florida State uh, fought off everyone with a counter. Uh, what I so I'll kind of explain to you. Florida State uh, gets a, you know gets out of the gate super early, extended to eight. Uh, NC State then goes on a seven point run, uh, gets it within two. Florida uh, gets it within one. Florida State fights that counter off, gets extends a one-point uh, lead all the way out to eight, and then NC State fights all the way back. They get it within two, then within one. They tie it up, try to land a knockout blow, take the lead. Florida State extends that to five at the halftime. So two, two, uh, eight, an eight-point lead, a seven-point lead, NC State fights off both can't lay the knockout blow. Florida State counters. Florida State comes out, gets, extends the lead to nine uh, with 18 left. NC State fights all the way back, gets it within two with 15-12 to play over those five minutes. Florida State uses the 15-12 mark all the way down to the 12-14 mark to extend it back to six. NC State tries to fight back. They do over the next five, six, six minutes get it within one. Florida State says no. They take that one-point lead, extend it back out to seven uh, over the next three minutes. NC State fights back again over the next four or five minutes, tied up with 6.53 to go, and Florida State says not having it again. So five five blows from NC State. Cannot land the knockout punch. Not tough enough. Florida State too tough to knock out. They extend that one point lead with six to play all the way out to as big as nine. And then it gets within three and four late on free throws and stuff. They end up winning by five. So taught me about a little bit about Florida State's toughness and NC State's willingness to not be able to land the knockout blow. Already thought they are overrated. They can knock somebody out also. Uh, just gives me a little bit more concern about this team. Good fight by Florida State. Pause on this one.
0: Yeah, I don't really have much to add. I do, uh, again, another team that I think I'm a little higher on than you are, Florida State. I think that with their bigs and, you know, unfortunately, they they take some really bad shots sometimes on offense. And, uh, you know, so their decision-making isn't all that great, but they can – can absolutely match up with anybody especially on the inside and the interior um so we'll just kind of see who their matchups are in the tournament to see uh you know how far they'll end up going
1: all right penn state uh wisconsin uh penn state uh jumps out to the lead off the tip uh holds it the entire first half goes into halftime with a seven point lead um they hold that lead all the way down until, let see, 40, all the way until there's 12.51 to go in the second half. So so uh, basically hold a lead for 28 points of the game, which is uh, pretty impressive. As I mentioned, this Penn State team has a much different record if in a different conference, but uh, neither here nor there. Wisconsin fights back. Uh, finally gets it to their first tie uh, and then gets their first lead on the next possession with 12.24 to go. Uh, Penn State ties it up, but uh, Wisconsin go, takes it to three with 11.51, makes it four with 10.47. Uh, they never relinquish the left. Actually, uh, Penn State ties it back up with eight, but they never, they're in tie games, but they never relinquish the lead from that 12 minute mark. Uh, and close it to win by four I saw there was a controversial call at the end. I didn't get to see it. Uh, I just, I look, I couldn't watch this. I, I don't, I'm not a big nap uh, guy on taking naps. And I just didn't really feel like taking a nap watching this Wisconsin team again. So um, I look, I, I already know how I feel about them, what they do going forward. It's not going to change anything for me. Um, so I didn't see what the controversial call was, but I don't know. I was guessing it. I'm guessing it went not in uh, Penn State's favor, but um, I mean, look, they had they had 12 minutes to be able to, you know, take the lead back and try to put Wisconsin away and they didn't. So, I mean, uh, I'm not going to worry about one play. Pause.
0: Yeah, I didn't see any of this, but I was following it. Um, There was just other games on at that point that I was watching and more intrigued with or you know more involved with good for Wisconsin to fight back usually they're a team that if they if they get down on offense or you know get get down by a lot they can't really fight back because they they really don't have too much firepower but good for them they fought back uh nice win Penn State's a good you know a good solid team and uh yeah look I want them to keep winning because I want to feed them really badly in the tournament as I know you do as well. So another team that we're kind of rooting for to hopefully win the, the big 10 conference title. Cause then maybe they get moved up to like a four seat or something. Uh, all
1: right. Rockers, Rockers at 14 and 14, seven of the big 12 beats Iowa by, Fourteen, uh, Iowa. I, I guess maybe it's just an Iowa thing. Like uh, Iowa State and Iowa are the two like most roller coaster teams in all of America. I mean, Iowa's a team that's supposed to like never be able to lose at home, and then just struggles mightily on the road. And look, I get that they, they play absolutely no defense. I understand that, um, and their offense is supposed to be elite. But uh, you get beat by Rutgers. Um, maybe it's just an Iowa thing. Uh, I guess it's just a thing in Iowa. Like they like to be roller coaster teams. And uh, hey. We just don't know. Pause on this one. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think that kind of just sums it up. I think also looking back on it, Iowa may have gotten lucky a few times over the course of this season. I'm not sure what their, you know, like, luck factor is on on uh, Ken Palm, but I'm sure it's probably pretty high. Let's, uh, let's see. Luck. They are 29th overall in in the luck column. So, yeah,
1: 29th I mean, They've won a lot of close games.
0: Right, right. So
1: yeah,
0: yeah. I so mean, look, right. they've they've won a couple of a crazy comeback games. Um, you know, banking stuff in at the buzzer. I don't know. Maybe this was just a a bad game, which it probably was. But at the same time, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this team at all. Um. Uh, they, like you said, they're kind of Jekyll and Hyde. They could beat anybody, or maybe not anybody, but they could beat a lot of very good teams. But they can also lose to teams that they are far superior to, as is this case with home to being at home to Rutgers and losing.
1: All right. Memphis-Cincinnati, look, this is just another – this conference is terrible. Memphis isn't in the top 100 based on my formula. Cincinnati is 72nd in my formula, and uh, they beat this team by two. Uh, This conference is absolutely abysmal. I'm glad Cincinnati won, keeps them in the hopes for their seed going higher and higher and higher. Maybe they could beat a Houston team since Houston barely dropped in the in the conference tournament and get their seat even higher, and then we could all get jump on the opposite side because they will get steamrolled just like Houston will. I have nothing on this conference. I could care less about either of these teams. Memphis shouldn't even be – they should not be discussing Memphis to be in this tournament as a play-in, as a first four out. Nothing. There is 25 teams minimum I could think of that are better than Memphis. That would blow them off the floor. They do not deserve it. This conference is terrible. Just Cincinnati, Houston, let them in. Let them talk all they want about their four and six losses. Move on. Do not let the likes of Memphis, UCF, and everything else get in. The, The worst team in the Big Ten and the worst team in the ACC could roll these guys, and it's just enough's enough already. Pause.
0: Yeah, I don't have anything to add. I'm not going to waste my breath or time with uh, with talking about this.
1: All right. Uh, Wolford is the last game on Saturday. They get jump, hop into the 25, uh, staple their, their name there with a 21-point win over Sanford. Uh, you know, nice win for them. They'll stick around in the top 25. Uh, I like their I, – I want to watch a little bit more of them. I like their style of play. They're okay. Uh, I mean, didn't play against much of anybody, you know, Uh, Need to see them There have not been a good uh, Ranked team yet all this season And really haven't played well against one at all Uh, They're almost In the negative um, In strength of schedule defense offense Has played so uh, not very good But hey uh, you never know We'll see what happens Uh, Moving on to Sunday Michigan beats Maryland by 7 Big win for Michigan on the road Maryland's just young Youthful Uh, As Paz mentioned, Paz is looking forward to watching them next year. Um, You know, uh, you know, it's tough, man. It's tough to play an experienced Michigan team that's very, very well coached, uh, knows what to do, especially very well coached on the defensive end and just mixes things up and uh, changes switches and drops in the zone every now and then, or holds in zone and then goes into, two. they just changed up a lot. And just, uh, just enough to get you thinking, to get your mind off the basics. And uh, it's tough to be youthful and go up against a Michigan team like that. So I credit Maryland, you know, home or not staying within seven. Uh, They'll be interesting, you know, will they kind of go in the tournament and collapse like a Louisville against somebody that scares them a little bit in the big moment Uh, or they thrive and uh, you never know. And they'll they'll definitely be interesting. They'll be a head scratcher for some people. Um, If they play to their capabilities and talent, they're going to be tough out and they'll be competitive and in games. And if they crack under pressure, they're going to smoke a lot of people's tickets, but um, deserving in the big 10, 21 and nine in the big 10, 12 and seven in the big 10 very, very good numbers. Those two right there. And um, you know, good win for Michigan uh, good close. I don't know what you call hold on, by Maryland. Pause. Yeah,
0: I I just echo your sentiments exactly. It's a very nice win for Michigan on the road against a good Maryland team. And uh, Maryland, yeah, they they put up a good fight. They tried to keep it close. They they kept it close most of the game, but then down the stretch, Michigan was just far too efficient on offense for them and. Michigan that was probably the best they've looked on offense, maybe in like a you know, in a late game, late tie close game scenario, um, all season. They looked really good, uh, you know, the last six, seven, eight minutes. And if they can if they can play like that on the offensive end, they are and look, I'm not telling anybody anything crazy because they're gonna be a two seed or whatever, but they can and I think did they go to the final four last year or two years ago? Um I mean they can
1: absolutely two years ago they went to the actual a, t- the, a title game last year Re- Re- oh, right- all right 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 exactly yeah. Okay.
0: so yeah they, there's no reason why this team can't make another deep run uh into the uh you know the fight to the final four no reason why they can't
1: yeah, I don't think they have enough offense but um they'll they'll their defense will keep them in a lot of a lot of these games it's gonna be tough to go against them uh it always is. Uh, I just don't think they have enough offense this year. They had an elite offensive team last year and a very, very good offensive team the year before that. They don't have those pieces this year, but uh, they'll be tough to knock out, no doubt about that. Um, do you want to take Creighton and Marquette and Washington-Stanford? I uh, I did all the chores yesterday with a pregnant wife, so cleaned the whole house and did all the shopping, so I missed both these games. I know you had texted me and said close one. I didn't get to see either. Can you, you want to touch on them instead?
0: uh, Yeah, sure. I'll take them. Um, I didn't actually watch. I didn't watch a second of the Washington or Stanford game, so I can't comment on that. But Marquette and Creighton, uh, we were talking about the game before it started and we thought the line was a little low, only being a seven point line. And Marquette, I mean, they just had no other offensive uh, contribution except for Howard. He scored 33 of their 60 points. They also had, I'll find the exact number. They had 22 turnovers, and I don't think it matters who you play. If you turn the ball over 22 times, you're probably not going to win most games against most, you know, decent teams. You're you're really not going to win games like that. And it was, yeah, it was just a, a tough game for them. They – Coming off the backs of the of the uh, the Villanova loss, now they've lost two in a row. They go to Seton Hall, I want to say on Wednesday, and then they close up the season with Georgetown. So, two games that they really kind of have to win just to solidify their probably a three seed, I would say, a four seed maybe. I you know definitely not lower than a four, but uh possibly a three unless they lose another one of the their games before the the conference tournament and then hopefully they don't run up against uh St John's in the tournament because maybe they'll lose to them for a third time. And then Washington Stanford, I mean same thing. I'll I'll just say the same thing about the Pac twelve. They're a one bid league. Uh Washington goes to an awful Stanford and only wins by one. Yeah, I I, I don't have much else to say about that.
1: All right. I just want to mention one more since of where we live. And it was a topic on, you know, our area of sports radio today. Uh, DePaul beat St. John's by 11 last night. Uh, this, this St. John's team is about as inconsistent as it gets. Let me pull up real quick and see where he has him at. I mean, uh they they just need to gain some consistency and all they're doing right now instead of getting consistent is just continuously playing themselves out on thursday when uh i checked for Paz and i they were a nine seed so yeah so they played themselves out of the tournament so right now they're the last four in and one of the uh, he has them as one of the playing games uh you know, they just have, they, they have this, this, this gift wrap. All they got to do is knock off the, I mean, they're they're scheduled to end this season. It was just absolute cake. They got the likes of Villanova out of the way. They got the likes of Marquette out of the way, Georgetown out of the way. I mean, their last five games, six games, five, one, two, three, four, five, their last five games are against teams that are nowhere near having a chance to make it to the tournament. You lose it. You lose one by 19. You win the other one by eight. You drop the next one by 11, and you drop this one by 11, all to teams that have no shot at getting in the tournament. And now you have to go at Xavier to who you just lost to by 11 at your home court. Um, They're in some trouble, and uh, they have an entire week to prepare to rest. That is a must, must win game. Um, the conference is not good this year, so maybe they could, uh, outside of Marquette, like, I'm not worried about Nova, I'm not worried about, who else is in there? Uh, I mean, Butler's not having a good year, Xavier's not having a good year, is that it? Is it just Marquette? Am I forgetting somebody? No, that's it. That's it. So, I mean... Maybe they could, maybe if they drop this one, they go on a run and and squeeze themselves in. Like, um, again, I'm not worried about Nova Georgetown. Not really. Xavier, no. Seton Hall, no. Creed, no. Probably like just not a good year for the conference conference at all. I mean, usually never is. And then Nova gets away with that as a gift, but, um, this is a must win. I, I don't want I don't want my my season hanging on the miss of how far I go in the conference tournament and you know what other teams do and you know the North Carolina Central and Texas Southern steal a bid from me. Um, look, just just beat Xavier and just get yourself uh, your fate in the tournament and win one conference game and call to say thank you because we could just not get the wheels turning in the right direction. Pause on this one.
0: Yeah, uh, another one where you kind of just hit the the nail on the head, and uh, you don't know what you're going to get from the St. John's team. I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's just the. You would think that they, being a you know an upperclassman laden team, that they wouldn't experience these dips in play. You know, against teams like DePaul or teams like. Uh, who else have they lost? Like Providence getting blown out by 20 against Providence. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who else? Like, you know, losing by 10 to Butler. Like, you know, Butler's a, a nice team, whatever. But like, you can't, you, you can't be doing that when you then you have, you know, wins like against Marquette. Two wins against Marquette on your on your schedule, and you have, you know, a win against who else? Did they beat. Uh, you know, a win against VCU, which is nice. A win against um, who else? And you know, a nice win at Georgetown. Like you have, you have very nice wins on your schedule, but then you also have some really bad losses on your schedule. So ultimately, if they, let's just assume that they win their last two games, which I know isn't a very, a, you know, a very easy assumption to make. Oh, sorry, they're playing. they they're they only have one game left. Yeah, and so either. I was let's saying, they have a week off that, in one game. Yeah, yeah. must win. Yeah. So let's just assume that they win that one game and then let's say they win one game in the tournament in their conference tournament. I mean, that's just basically going to leave the committee with, do you put more stock into good wins or bad losses? And I, I I think every single year the committee changes their views on it. And I know a lot of it has to do with the teams that are, you know, the teams that are sort of on the bubble and, and what have you, but, you don't know which way the the committee's going to side. So if you're Saint John's, I mean, you really need to win. You really need to ultimately get, I think, to the the finals of your conference tournament. Just because that'll mean that you would have beaten either Villanova once again or Marquette for the third time this season, and you know, and then you'll be in the finals. And then you'll at least have you'll be able to hang your hat on, you know, basically beating four ranked teams in the season and, you know, then you can kind of say, all right, you know, I think we deserve to be in and and they probably have the resume to be in. But I mean, if they drop this game against Xavier, who Xavier is playing really well, um, I I think I might, we might be talking about them later on in the, in the betting segment, but uh, they're playing really well right now. They're on a nice run. This is not going to be an easy win or an, you know, it's not going to be an easy game for, uh, for St. John's at all. So it's not like it's a, a gimme by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, so, yeah, but they this is a about as must-win as it gets for them this season.
1: All right. Give us an update on Kansas State TCU. I use Stokes, Brown Jr., and Sneed and Fandle.
0: So they were up by three a few minutes ago. They actually looked pretty efficient on the offensive end for, you know, for the handful of times this season that they've all been healthy and you know, all well rested and stuff. But uh yeah, I mean it's still early. We're you know, only under the, the under twelve timeout. But yeah, they look pretty good so far. All right.
1: All right. We'll take a quick break here. Let's get some calls in. Six five seven three eighty three one six nine two is how you get a hold of us. We're gonna kinda of transition a little bit of NFL little jason went and leaving the booth uh some rumors out of arizona that kyle murray is an absolute lock to go number one it's already uh wrapped and done with and it's just about where rosen goes now and we'll finish up with a review of our best bets from the weekend and our early week best bets quick break uncut sports talk feature rhino and friends kiki
0: do you love me are you riding say you never I want you, and I need you, and I'm down for you, always KB, do you
1: love me, are you right But when you rhyme, that up, you can not explain it. What you've been waiting on this whole time. I blow the brains out of your mind. And I ain't talking about physically. I'm talking about mentally. She lookin', she look like she nasty. She look at, she look at, she look like she classy. She, looking, she looking look at her she look at she look at a dancing. Look at she lookin'. I took her to the mansion. You sink out of the crowd. and off adrenaline waiting for the game to want to let him in so open up the boy a barrel of a smoking gun whether i'm old or young the chosen one i got a hundred billion flows to come i hope you know the lyrics to every single song all right we're back with rhino and pause on uncut sports talk featuring rhino and friends Six five seven we'll take some calls whatever want uh, Antonio Brown, the dival called. This is just kind of just getting out of control, and there's something that Paz said uh, several months ago. I believe we, it was when we were focusing on the Beckham. That's really stuck with me, and it's just um, what Paz had mentioned is that think about the last time that a diva receiver like this, that continues to cause problems and be in the media and be in the news and bashing teammates and bashing the owner, bashing this guy, that guy, everything, having a comment about whatever, always on social media doing this, that, the other thing, the last time that they won a Super Bowl. And uh, and pause. really had broken it down over like the last 10 or 15 years. And I, I think we had either uh, a guest co-host uh, Sonny at the time or guest co-host Chris was also on with us. And you know, the three of us had all come to a conclusion. Like the last guy that we could think of was like Santonio Holmes. That one that actually won a Super Bowl that, that acted this way. Uh, And you go through list and list and uh, Chad Johnson and Terrell Owens. Yes, he got there, but didn't win one. And then bashes his uh, quarterback after and blah, blah, blah. And now the hall of fame crap. And uh, to me, it's just, it's just it's not worth it it's so annoying it's so ridiculous and it's like to it just reminds me of like the wwe it's like it's all it is he's on the treadmill talking about getting paid and wanting guaranteed money and he's on every talk show you could find and what a shocker he's on clickbait like like four times a week you know they love that stuff they're just they're they're, they're just twitter um and it's just it's just so annoying and to me it's just not worth it like And what I all, it's like, what's the point? Like, it's none of these guys get their teams anywhere. Every one of them is a cancer to the locker room. It's not worth it. It's so annoying. Another reason I can't stand the NFL, and I just don't miss it at all. But listen, we're a sports radio show. We're going to give, you know, give people what they want and what they want to talk about. Aspect two or protect perspective two on this is that I don't understand that when the game and I I feel like it's really the only the NFL and um, I guess a little bit of the NBA too. So what a shock, but like it doesn't happen in the MLB and it doesn't happen in, uh, I mean, that's really, I guess the main pro sports, right. But uh, it doesn't happen in the NHL. When, when does it become that the player owns, like owns the team and has say over the team? Like if, if the, if you had to pay $21.5 million to deal this guy, why would you ever do that? Just say no. Oh, oh, you don't need football? It's not for you? Okay, sit out. It doesn't cost. That's a, it doesn't cost. That's a penny to, for you to sit out. And you don't get any money. So if you want to sit out and you want to cry and, and complain and that we didn't trade you, see you later. These guys are going to trade them. Yes, they're going to get some stuff back, like a draft pick, a couple draft picks, a player and a couple draft picks, fine. But they're still paying them $20.1 million. So, like, you have to get the... When you get those draft picks, you got to pay them. So now you're paying Antonio Brown to possibly play against you. You're paying the draft picks that you're getting in return, all because this guy doesn't want to play for... decides he doesn't want to come to work anymore. Like... I just don't understand when it came about the employee over the employer, and like that to me, that's all the NFL is anymore, and and the NBA is getting to be like that too. Like, you know, uh, Jimmy Butler says he's not playing for the Timberwolves until the Timberwolves trade him or whatever, and and uh anthony davis now you know they're taking a stance by sitting him and you know won't take this trade that trade like at least they stood up for themselves and didn't just take whatever trade he wanted and and actually like explored for what was in the best interest for them but i just don't understand when it's come like like Le'Veon bell like oh sucks for you dude like you take a stance and oh you don't want to be here anymore okay you could sit out all year either you come you play for us or sit out all year they don't pay him a dime. They get the they they acquire all that the, that money back. He doesn't make any money. He sits out for the year and whatever. But you don't want to be franchise tag, right? Well, we want to franchise tag you. It's in our best interest. It's the same thing as like getting a promotion, like. You know well, we're gonna promote the person that's in our best interest, you like they just don't go around and hand promotions to everybody just because and they don't go around you know it's just uh it's crazy to me, it's embarrassing and it's just it's just like almost like they set these things up like the w w f does just to keep people tuning in every single day of the year while it's not going on and it's just annoying, but like I said, we're a sports radio show, and we mentioned you know what the hot topics are uh pause your kind of thoughts on this one
0: yeah i it's just weird that they would really look out for him, the Steelers organization after what he said, what he did, you know, it sort of seems like this obviously wasn't a, an isolated incident that it's happened before. Um, And, you know, especially coming from the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, I wish for I wish I kind of wish Chris was on because I think uh, although he's a Raiders fan, but at least he lives in that general area, right? So he could uh, give probably some of the news that's going on there and more inside yeah. stories, whatever. But uh, you know, look, it's it's just come to the point now with social media and and things like that that these players all are willing to, you know, put everything out there and, and you know, make make noise. And, and, look, part of it I think is good that players are, you know, speaking up for themselves and trying to make themselves or get paid what they're actually worth rather than being, you know, set with these crappy contracts and things like that. So part of it I think is good. But at the same time, I, you know, I, I think – organizations kind of need to tell guys that, look, you're under contract here. There's nothing in your contract that allows you to get out of anything. We're going to trade you where we want to trade you. I don't care what you think, what you want. You don't have a no trade clause. Then you have zero say in where you're going and, uh, you know, and kind of go from there. But, yeah, I think a lot of it just kind of has to do with, uh, you know, with social media and, and you know, all of that going on now and, you know, being everyone having a, a much bigger presence in, in, uh, you know, in people's, on people's televisions, in people, on people's cell phones, you know, things like that. You can kind of see what Antonio Brown is doing at any moment of the day because he posts everything on Snapchat and on Twitter and on Instagram and whatever. And, you know, I I think a lot of it just has to do with technology, but at the same time, um, you know, these players are also speaking up because, they want to get paid with their worth. And for that aspect of it, I kind of, I kind of agree with it, but not to the extent that he's doing it. And certainly not to the extent of, you know, throwing everybody under the bus in order to try to, to try to get yourself into a better position. So from that standpoint, I I hate it and don't agree with it, but um, you know, if it's done the right way, I think, I think it can actually be completely done the right way. And he's just not doing it the right way at all.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess I kind of see your way, but you also signed the contract that you're dealt. Like if you didn't like the contract when it was there and um, then you shouldn't have signed it. Uh, now you want somebody to pay $20.1 million to get rid of you. I mean, it's just crazy, man. Um, Jason Witten leaves the radio booth or TV booth. Uh, got was getting paid $4 million a year. Goes back to the Dallas Cowboys, essentially, you know, obviously nullifying retirement. Um, to go back to the Cowboys for 3.5 interesting year for Witten got a lot of mixed reviews Um, a lot of people did not like him Uh, a lot of people compare him to Aikman and to Romo as like oh you know all these cowboy guys get out of um, you know get off the field and go right to the booth and have been successful and people you know enjoy their calls and um, you know, he just didn't really have the same successes, and I don't know if it was a combination of. Look, I, I, I miss being competitive in something every day. There's no doubt about it. There's all you know, all these times. Uh, you know, I think about entering a weight competition or. Uh, You know, they have sometimes these things on the beach where you do, you know, a combination of different things with a team or getting back into traveling softball or whatever. Uh, So I get that. Maybe he's just like, you know, uh, I just need something. I need to be, you know, back on the court and uh, which, you know, listen, back on the court, back on the field, which I understand uh or you know i also thought to myself like you know maybe the the other thing is weighing on him like listen he's probably like, like you know like enough's enough uh, i'm just so tired of uh you know people's opinions and um you know etc and i feel like i could still play and or maybe it's a combo uh it's not like he got you know he's he's getting less money it's not like he was offered more or whatever so uh just interesting like i don't think you know, I I didn't, at least I, I was kind of pretty shocked by it. I, I didn't think he was terrible. Uh, I thought the other nonsense, like Booger McFarlane interrupting him every five seconds and doing his dumb nonsense from the thing, and he's supposed to be considered a quarterback guru, but I just, I think he's just a, a bum. Uh, I, I thought that stuff was a little annoying, but I also don't really watch Monday Night Football unless unless I had a player or something in on FanDuel that, you know, I needed there or something like that. Uh, so I, I can't really speak like others can on multiple. I, maybe I saw maybe collectively five quarters of Monday Night Football the whole year or so. Uh, what was that Kansas City, that awesome Kansas City game? Is that Monday Night Football game? Uh, all right, so if that was, then I, maybe I collectively watched nine quarters the whole year if that was a Monday Night Football game. But um, – you know, uh, just it was just interesting. Didn't expect to hear it. Uh, didn't expect to see that he was leaving. But, uh, you know, like I said, maybe a combination of stuff. Maybe just thought it was, you know, just could miss the love of the game. Uh, or just maybe it was like, you know, look, the boost's not for me. And uh, I'm tired of hearing people's mouths. And, you know, that was kind of it for him. Uh, pause on this one.
0: Yeah, I mean, he – I feel like he – he tried too hard in the booth almost. And he tried to like completely be the, like the next coming of Tony Romo, like Tony Romo pieces out a lot of information and, you know, I feel like he, it comes more effortlessly to Romo in the booth than it did for, for Witten. And I think Witten was just trying to, to duplicate the, the success that, uh, that Romo had in the booth. I, I really think that that's, everything that, that it came down to. He wasn't awful at times, but he wasn't he, – there were also times where he wasn't very good because, again, I think he was just trying too hard and, like, trying to, to make himself sound really smart or, like, really insightful, things like that. And, uh, you know, look, it's the first time that he's been on television and, you know, calling games and whatever. So it's not like it's not like this guy went to, you know, broadcasting school and then was – Went from you know high school games to college games and now got the call up to the NFL games and just completely bombed and froze on air. Like no, he he was a player and this is his first year out of retirement and he went into the booth in a you know a nationally watched you know probably the the most watched uh, football game of the of the entire weekend is Monday Night Football. So look, you know obviously there's going to be a lot of uh, Uh, what's the word, a lot of critique. And if people don't like you, they're going to, you know, they're going to voice that. And I think it just – I think that's part of the reason why he didn't get the acclaim that maybe, you know, not that he – I'm not saying that he should have gotten the acclaim, but I think that's why people were harder on him because he he was really just trying to to take it to the next level when he wasn't ready for it. And then, yeah, I mean, apparently he had been talking about it during the regular season – uh, this you know during this past season that he missed it and he wanted to go back and and so he decided to unretire and you know good for him if that's what he wants to do and he's still able to do it, then you know why not go back and and try to uh you know try to try to win a championship which you you haven't been able to do, so lead that that team to a to a super Bowl,
1: yeah. All right, Bryce Harper. Um, I believe they're Clearwater. Been watching a lot of spring training baseball. Don't don't quote me, but I, I'm I think it's Clearwater. Um, has his inter or not really interview, but has his I don't know. I don't want to call it inauguration or his press conference signing or whatever, and says uh, can't wait to bring a title back to DC for you guys. So. Uh, interesting start for Bryce Harper. Uh, it signs this monster deal with Philly. Has a you know nice little uh, press conference about um, you know winning a World Series for these guys and um, you know what he's looking forward to and you know why he why he decided to sign and uh, starts it starts his career or his uh, interview days. Uh, with Philly with a a nice bang and saying he wants to bring a title back to DC. So uh, look, uh, um, I'm sure a, you know, uh, what would you call it? A lapse in, you know, the moment and um, an accidental, uh, you know, judgment, but uh, I thought it was kind of funny and um, uh, good luck with that. My friend, good luck with that. Uh, Pause on that in our little interview. Or press conference. Yeah. So right after
0: he, yeah, right after he said that, he had that 40 slip. He, uh, he did say he said, I can't wait to bring a title back to D.C. I would love to have a parade down Broad Street right? or something like that. Yeah. So like yeah. right afterwards, like, like the, the the thing that he said right afterwards was back to you know, in the mind of being in Philly. So you know, I think it was just he spent the last what eight years in in Washington and D.C. and it just you know. I don't know. It just kind of was one of those Freudian slips where he just wasn't thinking or whatever, and it, it just came out. So, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to kill the guy because I, I wouldn't. I, what I should say is, I don't want to kill the guy for that. I would kill him for a lot of other things. I, I don't really care. And these stupid introductory press conferences, who gives a shit what people say? I, I don't really care. Um, so, I'm not going to put too much else into it, but. Uh, yeah, it was just a a Freudian slip.
1: I mean, they they interview these guys so much that you know there's only so much to say, right? And be perfect all the time. I mean, holy shit! They're, yeah, exactly. Like, these, manage, these managers and players in baseball, it's unbelievable, like how how many times these guys get interviewed. I like by the mid-year, you got to be like. And bro, you you got to know what color underwear and shit that these interviewers wear and everything by that time i mean it's unbelievable like every day for an hour before hour after two hours on an off day like what do you want to talk to the guy about like he's he it, nothing changed from today or yesterday it's all the same like it, it's just amazing and it's all like mandatory time too so like you you decide to sit out one you get fined you decide like to cut one short you get fined it's such a joke man like does it do does any after besides like a playoff game or like a complete blow up where you leave a pitcher in or don't take him out or pinch hit for somebody or someone gets hurt besides those four things like is there anything else you want to hear from these guys like my god man like it's just um it's unbelievable, dude, and I just uh, – I, I always found that fascinating how that still has yet to be changed. It's like enough's enough, man. Like, oh, my God. It's it's really – honestly, it's really out of control. Um, But, yeah, so, I mean, look, uh, you know, I understand the Bryce Harper thing. Uh, three yeah. – six, well, five, seven, it three. It goes back to – Yep.
0: No, no, I was just going to say it goes back to, like, what we were saying with the Antonio Brown thing. I mean, there's – a camera everywhere nowadays. There's a, you know, a phone, a cell phone camera everywhere nowadays. It's like anything these guys do or say is going to get picked up by somebody. And look, I understand that this was a a press conference and there was press there and whatever. It's not like he's out at a bar on a Friday night or whatever. And, you know, someone sees him doing something stupid. It's, you know, the media was there. They were asked to be there and, you know, certain other things, but look, I mean, if you follow these guys around enough, you're going to find them say one or two stupid things at least over the course of, a, of an entire season. So, look, uh, like I said, I don't put much stock into it.
1: Yeah. Um, there's something else I wanted to to bring up. Six, five, seven, three, eight, three, one, six, nine, two. If you want to chime in on anything, got opinion, question, thought, whatever. That's how you get a hold of us. There was something else that I, uh, oh, so, uh, uh, you had, I, I believe it was you. If not, it was Chris because Chris is all about the Big Twelve. So, um, nice. Samuel's got twenty five point three for me already. Nice. Um, a one of you, either you uh, pause or Chris, brought up that King, how, how much King Mary loved Kyler Murray, and that like. Um, half the reason he got the job over there was because Arizona also wanted Kyler Murray and Kingberry loved Kyler Murray, so it was like a combo and a guarantee he was going there. Uh so needless to say, uh out of every single basic camp that you hear, uh people have inquired about taking the pick and the GM has gone as far to say as uh Arizona, it's a lock and they are taking Kyler Murray at number one and they're shopping Rosen, and so far the highest offer is a third round pick. So interesting, great work by Paz, Chris, or the combination of both, or whoever it was, I don't know. My memory's not the greatest, but um you guys have picked up on that. One of you had picked up on that months ago. I mean, this was this was like pre Heisman, I believe, or or uh, somewhere around there when Uh, we are, Oh, this is when we were talking about the coaching carousel. So that's gotta be at least two months ago now, or not three. Uh, you guys hit on that super early and shit, uh, you know, could put a little breaking on Twitter because we had that well before anybody else. And, uh, it looks like he's going there. Uh, yeah, Like I said, everything that's coming out of the Combine, everything that's coming out of these camps, and everybody that calls to see if they want to trade up or down or et cetera uh, says, no, we're taking uh, Kyler Murray. So interesting. Uh, Chris. I know Chris brought this up. Chris had mentioned he thought maybe there might have been a little collusion to tell uh, someone had mentioned to Kyler Murray that he was guaranteed to go number one to, to to turn down Oakland, which does look a little interesting now because, I mean, this, this was somebody who was projected – and maybe any, depending who declared to all of a sudden now the number one and first overall pick by changing his mind, baseball to football. So I can see that point by Chris too, but uh, neither here nor there. Great job by uh, co-host or uh, co-host pause or guest co-host Chris on mentioning the, uh, the King and, and Murray connection. And um, you know, great job by uh, Chris there on possibly, you know, you know, thinking about collusion, something he mentioned two or three weeks ago for Murray to make this decision kind of out of nowhere and forego all that money that he was guaranteed uh, unless he had some information that he was guaranteed to go, you know, the top five here. Uh, Pause. give me your thoughts.
0: Yeah, it it was actually me. I mentioned that I believe Kingsbury was interviewed back in October, and he said if he had the number one pick in the NFL draft, this was back when he was still the coach at Texas Tech, um, if he had the pick, the number one pick in the NFL draft, that he would take Kyler Murray. So then obviously when he went to USC, no one thought anything of it. And then when he left and was being considered for the Arizona job, you know, it kept being, it kept like being resurfaced. Oh, look, he said this back in October, blah, 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 this and that. Uh, so, yeah, it was actually uh, me that, that brought that up. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. I... Look, I'm on record as saying I don't think he's going to be a very successful NFL player. And so by that, uh, you know, by that stance, I obviously would not take him with the number one draft pick. But, um, you know, we'll have to wait and see what happens with his pro day. He he decided not to throw or do any drills at the Combine the other day. Whereas on the other hand, uh, Drew Locke and Dwayne Haskins both performed really, really well at the Combine. Threw the ball great, you know their their metrics and and uh, measurements and all stuff came back really really nice. So, I mean, look, it it, it kind of goes both ways. You can you can do go the combine route or you can go the the pro day route, and we'll just have to wait and see what he looks like on his pro day. Um, so yeah, but uh, yeah, it was us that uh, we did speak about this probably during bowl season, I would think. Uh, so that had to be back at least at the very latest. It was, you know, mid December, I would think. So yeah, a couple months ago.
1: Uncut Sports Talk breaking you news. One thing I do I all like I'll comment on this and so we could kind of finish up with the sports betting segment. One thing I still find amazing about like this stuff today and, and uh for the combine, like it amazes me that it everything that doesn't have to do with football is still continue to get like what's tested. Like, I heard today uh that the i can't think of the player's name last name started with a c the seahawks uh one of their assessments for him they put him in a stare down contest with one of the coaches like what does that have anything to do with football and like you know just running right like you kidding me like running you run you, I know a hundred people, I can name a hundred people right now that couldn't bench press to save their lives. Me, including one of them that has, that had nothing to do with my performance on the field. Uh, like you run, you bench press, run through a couple cones, not routes, not not backpedaling, not laterally, just run through a couple of cones for a shuttle and they did. And, uh, your, your hand size and how high you could jump, which actually jumping I would say is a factor, but still not, you don't, you never just stand on a football field and say, okay, I'm going to stand at the 40, jump as high as I can at the 40. Um, you're either you're usually moving in some type of way. So you do like five activities that have absolutely no football do it all. Like you would think like if you were a quarterback, they wanted to see you throw the ball out slants, cuts, deep ball fade. Whatever. If you're a running back, they want to see you reading holes, or uh, you're going to go in the film room and diagnose, you know, plays or cutbacks or whatever. If you're a receiver, you're going to show your route skills and and, and small footwork and speed through gladders and stuff. Or you know, lineman, your your that's who someone you want to see bench press their power from that position. Like, it's just it just amazes me. Like these, this is how they view skills, and uh, maybe that's why ratings have been. Semi unsuccessful, and there's so many players that don't get drafted or get drafted late that end up being successful. Because um, I just, I just, I just find it amazing that you do five things that really are just not football. And now to, to such a degree here, where uh, you have a stare down contest with a guy to test to, to, you know, to see if he's fit for your team or not. I mean, uh, crazy. Any thoughts on that, pause
0: Yeah, I did not hear that. Uh, I think it's. Pretty funny. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know what to say or how that could be a a positive for you on the field. It's not like you're going to dare a team to death and, and make them scared to, to face you because you can hold your eyes open longer than they can. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know what that has to do with anything. But, uh, yeah, so.
1: Hi. Right. Anything you Anything you want to touch on, or any stories you heard, or anything like that that you want to speak about?
0: No, I think we uh, I think we touched everything.
1: All right, I I'm working on a formula to to just dominate sports betting right now. So I did not update uh, our betting sheets. I know I'm an asshole. I'm sorry. I went two and zero. I think I was only able to add like 600 bucks on that sheet because I only had like a five and a one left. So somewhere around the $500 mark on top uh, pause. What did you go? 0 oh, and two, one and two, two. I went
0: Oh, two. I went Oh, two and one. I, I, and one. Uh, I lost by the hook in the Alabama LSU game and TCU just did not show up at all. Um, all so, right. Yeah, that was it. So I'll update, the,
1: I'll update uh, that. I, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say, and then I pushed the Kansas City game because they won by six, and the, the spread was six.
1: Okay. All right, yeah, so I'll update that late in the week. I, I have a focus on this formula right now. but um, All right, so I found three plays. One of them I don't really like all that much, so I'll cut that one out. Uh, I guess I'll make it a pending play in case anything happens. So first off, Purdue, Minnesota – I just don't think this Minnesota team is that great. I've been following them for a little while now. Um, Played against them, and I played against Nebraska a lot this year in the Big Ten. Um, I think Purdue and Edwards is coming back in the form, and Purdue is just really, really wants to hold on to the race uh, to win the Big Ten with two to go uh, or get that number one seed, which would be huge, huge, in a a monster tournament here where all of those teams uh, are going to be fighting for – better seating or you know or unfortunately bad seating if or a fall in seating uh if it doesn't go all that well uh coming in on a five game winning streak like Paz and I had mentioned Edwards looked a little fatigued hurt or a combination of both um Minnesota's dangerous but uh I don't know I I yes they're probably playing for their life but Uh, and they really also probably need this victory, but I think Purdue needs it just as much, so I don't think they're going to go in there with any, you know, lack of, you know, motivation or anything like that. Uh, You know, Minnesota's dropped uh, six of their past eight games also, which is a lot of Big Ten play, so uh, I'm not all that worried about it. Purdue already beat them by 10 when they met at home. Uh, Spread is only four. I'm going to go small play there. Purdue minus four for 100. Uh, The other game I I like a lot, and I don't like the team as much, but I think rebound game, need to try and keep yourself in the higher part of the seating. A 5-12 matchup is not where you want to be on Thursday or Friday in two weeks, Uh, and that brings me to Nevada Air Force. Uh, Nevada coming off a loss to a bad Utah State team. Uh, All the drama that followed it. Drop three slots in Joe Lenardi, don't know my own buttholes bracket. Uh, They take a look at that, also see themselves in the 512 and say, listen, we got to get up here. Let's freaking play some basketball. We're going up against an Air Force team who ranks over 200 in adjusted offense, over 200 in adjusted D, over 200 in strength of schedule, offense, and defense. They face better teams they've uh, you know play bear teams conference things Air Force is not is not good at all like what they do for our country don't like them on the basketball court and I just think Nevada's in a spot here where they know that they need to just kind of blow everybody out going forward can't have another let up or let down or another letdown game uh, need to sweep the rest of the season and do it handily and then rock through the tournament to show that they got to get out of that five hole you do not do not want to be there in two weeks in the five hole. Uh, so at 12 and a half, I'm going to take Nevada minus 12 and a half. I will give this caveat. If Caroline and something happens where there's suspension and he's ruled out, I am out on this play. I will not. This is going to be a max play for me also. So this is a $1,000 max play for me, Nevada minus 12 and a half. If Caroline is ruled out, I am off this game. So if you see tomorrow Caroline is ruled out, don't hold it to me. If that's the case, I'll go UNC minus 10.5 for 100 if Carolina's ruled out. If he's playing, max play for me, 1,000, Nevada minus 12.5. Pause. Yeah, uh, I I like both of
0: those plays. Um, I didn't see too much on the board for tomorrow. I was just looking straight college basketball that I really loved. Uh, But I really do like this Xavier-Butler game. Xavier's playing really well right now. They've won their last five in a row. Butler's lost four of their last five, as just on a three-game losing streak, having lost you know really bad games recently. They lost to Providence. Uh, obviously, Nova you can forgive them, but um, who else? Marquette you can forgive them. They lost to St. John's. Their only win in that in that time frame is against uh, DePaul. I don't know. I, I'm just kind of taking the the hot hand here with Xavier. I think they're kind of playing for their tournament lives here a little bit as well. Um, and they're going to really get up for this game. They beat Butler earlier in the season when they weren't playing well, when they were going through like a losing seven out of nine skid or something like that. One of the games that they won was against Butler. I understand it was at home. Now they're on the road going to uh, Hinkle Fieldhouse. is always a tough place to play, but I just think the Xavier team knows that they're playing for their tournament lives. They're in a groove right now, and uh, they're getting four points at Butler. I'm going to put 250 on this game, and I don't really like anything else, unfortunately. Um, I was looking for something just to play, you know, just to play a a small minimum wager on, but I I don't want to waste the the hundred bucks on something I really don't like because ultimately – you know, as a better, you got to pick your spots. If you don't like a card, you don't play much. If you love a card, you go a little deeper in it. So that's that's kind of where I am on this Monday night with, uh, you know, the slate during the week not being that great.
1: That's great patience there, Paz, great patience. All right, that is going to wrap up our March 4th, 2019 show, episode 37, Uncut Sports Talk, featuring Rhino and Friends. We'll be back on Thursday night, March 7th, 2019, from 8 to 10. Uh, if you like what we do, start calling in. We want some interaction. 657 You give us a follow, Uncut Sports Talk, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. As always, these live radio shows are broken into podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Tune in radio, iTunes podcast, and always blog talk radio at uncut sports talk. From your host Rhino and your co host Paz, we thank you for listening. See you Thursday. Later.